It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You're tuned in to Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second, but first, let's hear from LB's. Grip It and Rip It with Brian Scott Rippy is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi, the place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet for $10. they got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi, is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. Scott Rippey, Greg the Meat Sharp on the other line. This is another playoff edition of Fresh Cuts. Hope things are well wherever you are today. Hope you've already kicked off your weekend. Maybe you're having a cold one. Maybe you're stuck at work and this gets you through the day quicker. Whatever you're doing, I hope it's uh hope it's a good good day and you're enjoying the football and going to enjoy really the last full slate of football we have for 
for some time, which is a bummer. Greg and I were talking about that before we started recording. We'll get into last week's picks. Neither one of us fared particularly well. Uh, myself in particular, we'll look into the divisional round games. Uh, I'm excited. Last week was awesome. What's up, man? Oh, man, just, you know, uh, grinding out of this last couple of weekends of football. And, uh, you know, it is kind of a bummer. Like, it's almost like, what are we going to do without the football? Yeah, and so we're we're finally on the other side of the six-game NFL playoff weekend. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert, I loved it. It was it was amazing. It's kind of going to be hard to go back to two. You know, all these other years, I've always thought March Madness, that first weekend in May where you've got NBA playoffs, usually is it the Kentucky Derby, I think, and then some sort of big fight is always an awesome weekend. But these two weekends back-to-back, the divisional round and the wild card round where you have two games a day for two weeks coupled with some college hoops, college football uh, towards the tail end, were a couple of the best sports weekends of the year. And then we got a bonus, obviously, with an extra game a day. It's going to be hard to go back to two. The three was amazing. It took up your whole day. Yeah. I mean, I I like how you referenced a little horse racing in there. So uh, good for you on that, Rippy. That was always a big, like, college weekend it was like either right before or right after exams let out the playoffs were just getting cranked up in the nba and like we'd watch the horse race and then go watch a fight somewhere to cap the night off i as you know a very very amateur level knowledge of horse racing and absolutely no knowledge of mma or boxing but it's still kind of a fun weekend weather's good outside old miss probably close to a postseason run in baseball that's always just a classic weekend yeah i mean you can't go wrong with that that uh that's a, that sounds like a good golf weekend like you did like uh, down there in the coast that weekend yes yes it was that would uh that might not be a bad spot to uh to to hit that weekend i played golf last weekend in 30 degree weather because i am an idiot Wow, that is that uh, that that is very commitment to your golf game right there. Uh, so uh, touche to that. I I played uh, three um, probably two and a half weeks ago at Lake Caroline, and uh, uh, I think that was a little bit too much for me. Um, so uh, I'm I'm ready for green grass in the fairways. So it's probably a little bit different. Well, yeah, didn't it snow for the te- in Texas for like for the first time in how long? Yeah, so that's uh, I'll just recap the the weekend real quick because this is a this is a, a classic life lesson and don't be like me. So a buddy of mine who hate to put him on blast, I think he listens to this show sometimes, texted me on like a Tuesday. It was like, "Do you want to play golf this weekend?" And I'm sitting at the office, and when you get that text, you're just like, "All right, it's probably supposed to be pretty solid weather this weekend, right?" Like you're looking at tee times, and so I just said, "Yeah," and didn't think anything about it. Saturday morning, seven fifty-five in the morning. Well, Thursday night rolls around and I look at the weather or maybe it's Friday morning and like the high is like 40. And then the day after we're supposed to play, it's a little snow emoji on there. So that that's not that's not off to a great start. So I kind of text in the group trying to float around the idea of why don't we just drink beer and play top golf? They got heaters and they gained no momentum. And it was a non-refundable prepaid tea time at one of these public courses out here. So you're either swallowing the money or you're going to put on. Uh, a ski cap and some long underwear, which we did the latter, got out there. It was a frost delay at the course we were at. They refunded us because it was a four-hour frost delay. We sat at a Waffle House at 7, <laughs> 7.55 in the morning, found another place closer by my house in between Dallas and Arlington. That part's irrelevant. And basically just waited until it warmed up to 35 and teed off at this place and just kind of embraced it. It was 
obviously I would never recommend doing that regularly, but once you kind of just embrace the cold weather, it was actually kind of fun. And then there was some asshole out there in shorts, which is just a wild move, not in our group, but just one of those, I don't feel the cold guys. It's like, come on, you're a psycho or you're trying hard. Yeah. I mean, or you're just trying to stick out like a sore thumb, but yeah, I mean, I always, I always hated playing um, in the colder weather because you had to put on like a couple pullovers and you can't get that extra uh, 15 to 20 miles an hour on your, on your swing that you, that you need. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, generally I'm not playing golf if it's below like 50, 55 degrees. This was very much a coaxed into it. And I'll admit I was being kind of a wuss about it before. I was like, this is going to kind of suck. But it was actually a lot of fun. Once you got through it, it got in the 40s with no wind on the back nine. It wasn't It wasn't too terribly cold. And honestly, I'm glad I did it. Um, now, if you asked me to do it again this weekend with the same temperature, I'd probably kindly decline. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, you've got to uh, pick and choose your uh, golf uh, weather depending on where you live. But, you know, who would have thought that there'd be some snow in Texas uh, 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 randomly whenever you were trying to play golf? Yeah, so we were braving some rough conditions. And speaking of rough conditions, wild card weekend, you get the three games. You went three and four. I forgot to add the confidence points, but that was merely just an exercise for how we felt about the game beforehand. Doesn't really matter. I went two and five. We had five, so we picked seven games. You're wondering if we can add. We also picked the national title game in which Alabama boat raced. Ohio state. The only different, we were on the same, on the same picks. We're on the same side on everything, except for you went with the Indianapolis Colts, which obviously cashed. And I went on the Buffalo bills, which they won the game, but did not cash. So not a great weekend, but we were both kind of talking about last week, even before, like, as we were looking at the slate, there's weeks where you feel pretty confident about it. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I did, I really didn't have a feel for any of those games. And the one game I did have a feel I laid like I laid Seattle and that was probably the most like opposite lopsided result from a spread perspective of the weekend. Like that wasn't even close. They never got close to covering. Yeah. And plus I think you were on um, the bears too. And you know, that was end up being a right there at the end that they could have covered because they kicked the, the, are they just were like, we're done and just left, you know, that sort of thing. Did you see that? Yeah, dude, that was crazy. I had that written down for us to to cover. We'll just get right into that right now. So <laughs> you and I got it, if I wrote this down right, at nine, nine and a half, somewhere in there, one of those two numbers. But before kickoff, if you were watching that game, the spread went ballooned all the way to 11. And heavens, heavens, if like good thoughts and prayers, I guess is what I'm saying. If you like got it late at 11 and bought it to 11 and a half, Chicago scores on the last play of the game. You know, in my mind, I don't know if you were watching that. I oh, thought yeah. they had to kick the extra point, but apparently that's not the case if the game, if it's not consequential to the game. So if the losing team scores with time expired and it doesn't matter, they just walk off. I mean, Jimmy Graham caught the football and just ran straight in the locker room. He'd had enough. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that was just, man, I mean, that's one of those uh You know, you try not to scratch your head and say, uh, did Vegas have a little uh, insider on that? Yeah, no kidding, man. I wonder what the – I'll have to go back and look at kind of the public money and everything on that one. That's one of those ones where it's like, can you really call that a bad beat? Because the right side absolutely cashed. But you thought for a brief second, if you had it, depending on the number you had it, there was a brief moment of elation, probably by followed by screaming at the TV – uh, as to why the hell Sean Payton and Matt Nagy are shaking hands. 
and why the uh, kicker is not being trotted out there to kick that bad boy through the uprights. Yeah, um, and you'll, you'll also see that in, in NBA, like literally, like sometimes with you know under a minute left, they uh they you know they pull the ball out and just don't even make an attempt on two shots, and then sometimes they're actually like trying to score or they actually let them score. They're like, hey, uh, we need a, two more points. So there's lots of red flags that go on in professional sports. I'm not going to lie. We'll recircle back to that game in a second, but let's just hit the ones from a week ago in order. I, you know, I read a lot after the game, uh, the Colts and Bills game, and I read a lot about, you know, Philip Rivers and he should probably hang it up and this is it for him. I didn't think he was terrible in that game. And I thought the Colts gave them a pretty good run for their money. You know, if the Colts had won that game, they would have been really frisky the next week, wherever they would have gone. I don't know what it would have done to the seating, but like, if you'll remember the last month of the season, Buffalo kicked the crap out of everyone. And Indy controlled that game for a little bit. And you know, the, essentially the game came down to that fourth down stop in the first half. They were fourth and they were up 10 to seven and they were, fourth and goal at the three yard line, instead of kicking it to make 13, seven, they went for it and did not get it. Buffalo answers with the touchdown, which is just kind of a backbreaking swing, but you know, I get it. Phillips rivers is not what he once was, but I didn't think he was terrible this season by any means. And I wouldn't hate it. If I were a Colts fan, uh, if you ran it back one more time now, you know, you don't have much of a future there unless you draft a guy in the draft and kind of bring him along or whatever. But I was more impressed with the Colts than I feel like the, the post-game reaction was. I don't know about you. I thought they were, I mean, they were, they were, they covered great teams covered. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, uh, I mean, there was one point that there was a live bet with them minus, uh, minus two and a half in the game and uh, kind of really had the game in hand there a little bit. I think Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback. There's nothing wrong with him. I mean, you just have to have a really good running game and Indianapolis had a really good running game. You look at the, you know, back in, you know, Whenever Ladamian Thompson was uh, was his running back, I mean, he had really good years just strictly because that safety uh, is you know taking one step up just because of the running game. So uh, you know, Indianapolis had a really good running game, and uh, I don't see why not they bring him back unless they just have uh, another angle that they're trying to get. But uh, I, I mean, if I was a Colt fan, I would want to have Philip Rivers back for another year just to make him run with it because that defense is not that bad. And uh, they're, you know, one, two play away from winning that game in Buffalo. Yeah. The only thing I guess I could see, like, if you're going to let him go, you better have a pretty good plan in terms of an upgrade. And the only thing I could think, you know, there was some linkage between Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, because the further and further away we get from that Eagles Super Bowl, it seems more and more like Frank Reich was kind of the offensive mastermind behind that run, particularly with Wentz and Foles. He made Wentz would have been the MVP of the league if he hadn't gone down that first season, or I guess it was technically his second. Um, you know, there's talks of that reunion, but them firing the Eagles, that is firing Doug Peterson, makes me think that they're going to keep Wentz and try it with the new coach. So I, I don't really understand what Indy would do if they let Phil rivers go and you know, there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement, probably an unprecedented amount this off season. Maybe they have something up their sleeve, but if you don't have a sure thing, I would kind of just wait it out for another year. Yeah. Well, unless you want to pull the trigger and do an division, in division, um, uh, free agent signing with, uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think, uh, uh, you put Deshaun Watson in that, uh, Indianapolis defense and offense. I, I think that's a, a serious Super Bowl contender right there out the gift. 
Boy, that would be bad news for my Tennessee Titans. That would suck because <laughs> you give Deshaun Watson that running game, that offensive line, that defense. And I mean, really, even what's left of T.Y. Hilton, my my God. But as Deshaun Watson fans, as we've been all year on this podcast, it would be fun to watch. It just would suck as a Titans fan. But yeah, from the Bills side, they just kind of survived. That was a really frisky first round draw. They probably deserved a little bit of a worse team, but that's how the cookie crumbled with that weird AFC South wildcard scenario in week 17. Wasn't unimpressed with the Bills. They just didn't play great. Um, I still like them this weekend. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I still think they can challenge Kansas City. There was nothing I saw in that game that made me think, ah, they don't have a shot. Defense may be a little wary, but I, I think when they go play Kansas City and Arrowhead, they'll have a little bit different mindset than the Colts coming to Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm, not, uh, I'm, I'm excited about it for sure. Second one, maybe the most disappointing team of the playoffs, the, the Seattle Seahawks are just not good. You remember the first four weeks of the season when people were just kind of ready to hand Russell Wilson the MVP? He hasn't been good the last month of the year, and the defense had improved, so you can't put it on the defense anymore. They laid an egg. I mean, they knocked John Wolford out of the game with an injury, and he's still out this week. And Jared Goff, who has pins in his thumb, managed the game enough for them to win. I mean, it was that game was 100% on Seattle's offense because it was there for the taking. The other team had an injured quarterback and then a gimpy quarterback, and they just couldn't do anything. That Rams defense is sick. We talk about Aaron Donald all the time and just how ridiculous he is, but that was a really underwhelming offensive performance by Seattle. And you can see it on the sideline. DK Metcalf was pissed off half the game. Like, that was a bad loss. They should have. Yeah, handled I that mean, game. yeah, they had a pick six on a bubble screen. I mean, that's uh, that's how bad the offense uh, was playing. So, uh, and all and all, honestly, whenever that pick six went down, I was like, I was like, I, I, there, I don't think Seattle might score another touchdown. I mean, there, and uh, you know, I think at one point I saw a, a uh, live bet on the NFL MVP, and Russell Wilson was like minus one fifty uh, at one point. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, total meltdown, and uh, they were talking about the GM uh, leaving uh, uh, leaving after this year, but I think he signed an extension with them. Um, yeah, fired the offensive coordinator, what they had to do, which probably they had to do, didn't have much choice. What cracked me up is, is they, I saw Pete Carroll like said he wanted to get back to running the football instead of letting his Hall of Fame quarterback throw it a bunch, so good luck there, but that was, yeah, that was just a bad loss. I mean, they were a really mystifying team, because what we all do in this in this whole deal is you jump on the quickest narrative the first five weeks and you forget the NFL season really is a marathon. And they just, the last eight, nine weeks of the season, they just weren't very good. I was really disappointed by them because I thought with the defense getting better, if Russ could kind of start cooking and DK and lock it, like I thought they could kind of make a little frisky run. And that was, that was just a dud. I, I thought they were the most disappointing team of the weekend. And I know yeah. that's saying something. Well, I mean, you know, unfortunately, I bought, uh, uh, I live bet them and just, you know, I don't know why I did, but uh, I just thought they would uh, they would pull through. But, um, you know, it, that was a bad bet, and it is what it is. So uh, try to make some more money this weekend. Last one on the Saturday night game, the Bucks really just kind of survive and handle the Washington football team. That game was fun. The Taylor Heineke story was a lot of fun. I didn't know Alex Smith wasn't going to even try to play at all. Heineke looked pretty good. You know, he's, he can run. He threw it pretty well. It was one of those games where you never really felt like Tampa was in any serious danger of losing the football team a football game, even if uh, the Washington football team had gotten that two point conversion in the second half and it was 18, 18, like you still didn't feel like they were ever going to lose, but um, talk about Johnny covers that throw by Heineke in the corner of the end zone. 
for the cover late in the game was just absolute cash money for you and I. Yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, you know, there's a reason why he's called Marty the Moose, and he just uh, has a, a plane ticket to every uh, co- uh, college and uh, football t- uh, uh, stadium, and uh, he's always there whenever you don't need him or you do need him. Yeah, because if you're a if you're a Tampa backer, like that's probably the the more prudent and confident play, and you're just sitting there because you know that that was going to be what fourth and goal from like the seven or eight. Like you're probably getting a fourth down stop, and this backup kid with an arm sleeve that you've probably never heard of before just drops an absolute dime to just absolutely put your ticket in flames. That was kind of I mean that was the, that was supposed to be the worst game of the weekend, but that didn't even end up being close. I I kind of had fun watching that game. I thought it was pretty fun despite knowing Brady was going to win the whole time. And that sets up a really interesting matchup uh, in the dome that we'll get to in a second, but hats off to the football team. They weren't, I mean, they were, they were the giants. If they got in, I would have been okay with it out of that crappy division. Their defense is good. If they can find a quarterback, um, they've got a shot. And I just don't know what Alex Smith has left in the tank. Remarkable story. I just, he just, it's cringeworthy watching him. You think he's going to seriously get hurt again or die or something. And he's not yeah. terrible, but that's not your future there. I mean, hell, yeah, the no. guy they picked number two, they had to cut this year. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why you got to take uh, take advantage of the draft. And, uh, you know, whenever you uh, pull the trigger on, on a bad, on a bad you know, pick, then uh, it, it sets you back a year. First game on Sunday, probably the most disappointing one from a personal perspective. You know, we talked about this last week. The Titans were plus three and a half. It was like, man, I love them in this spot. They have their Ravens number, but when everyone is thinking that, there's probably something up. We both took the bait anyway. The Titans just, the way that game started, they got up 10 to nothing. Lamar threw an awful pick where even the color announcer, Brian Greasy, was like, uh, yeah, that ball's like 12 yards away from what he's supposed to actually throw it there. And he thought it was like, is he going to really have another playoff dud this badly again? And then that run he had, to end the, uh, towards the end of the half to score their touchdown to get them back in it was just an absolutely sick run. And that's kind of what reminds you like, okay, they have something special here if they can kind of develop the throwing. And the Titans defense just wasn't great. They did as I thought they played as good as they possibly could in the first half. But in the second half, they kind of leaked some oil and the offensive play calling was just garbage. The fourth and two punt from the Baltimore 40 with like 12 minutes left, you might as well just say, we quit. We don't want to play anymore. What the hell was that? Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's just a head scratcher. I mean, you know, it's not like you can trust your defense to, uh, to stop Lamar Jackson, but, uh, I guess that's what he thought. But yeah, I mean, that's just a tough pill to swallow as a Titans fan right there. You know, you have a, a big uh, running back like Henry and, you know, and you just, uh, you, you don't want to give the ball away in that situation and at least try to win the game. And, uh, uh, you know, that's definitely not trying to win the game right there. Yeah. I, you know, there's a interesting Twitter account as much as I load that website sometimes called the surrender index. And it like, have you seen this? It ranks the most like cowardly punts. Do you know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do. That one I think broke every all time record considering the stage, the time of game fourth and two from your opponents 40 after you kind of got a chance to, to not put the game away, but really put your stamp on it. And you punt, that was apparently one of the most cowardly punts of all time as the statistic goes. Yeah. The Titans were never good enough to win three games in a row with that defense, 
But just the way they played in that game, particularly for the last like 35 minutes, it's like, come on, you're going to go out this way. I just that was that was very disappointing. I thought that sucked. Shockingly. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a, a head scratcher. But, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, it's just tough being a fan sometimes because uh, if you were a coach, you would never have done that. You know, you'd be like, you know, we're going for it right now. This is our opportunity to, you know, to win this game. And to be honest, good for Lamar, like, you know, that was going to be the offseason storyline in terms of like the debate shows if he had continued to play the way he was playing the first 17 minutes and he threw another playoff dud. And it's somewhat warranted, but there would, you know, that would not get discussed on first take or something with very much nuance and it would just be a headache all offseason. So good for them. I think their season ends this weekend, but I'm glad he got a playoff win under his belt. Seems like a good dude. He's electric to watch. I don't know if it's sustainable, but I think some unfair criticism would have been drawn if he had thrown another dud. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like I said, it's it's tough to, uh, um, it, it's tough on on because uh, he's a good player. I mean, it's just uh, whenever you get that late into the season and uh, the game plan is out on you, you know, uh, it's hard to crack it. Absolutely. Um, the first, the second game Sunday, your New Orleans Saints, like not to gloss over it, but there really just wasn't a lot to talk about here. The bears defense kept them in the game in the first half. The saints offense was probably a little rusty, but that saints defense is nasty. The bears offense is absolutely atrocious. I saw they're bringing back Matt Nagy. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. That's just a really underwhelming place to be as a fan base where you were so non-competitive in the playoff game. You can't even, I guess, enjoy the accomplishment. You know, they lost five games in a row, kind of limped into the playoffs. Um, just very underwhelming. I, I I thought it was very workmanlike by the Saints. They did exactly what they needed to do. They played a B game, and that was good enough. Yeah, I mean, you can't complain about that. That's for sure. And look, man, the one thing I would say about the Saints, too, we talk about, I think I made the analogy on last week's show about how it has a little bit of Peyton Manning 2015 or whatever it is vibes where the defense just kind of carried him to a Super Bowl before he retired. I was probably a little bit off with that. I said it wasn't a perfect comparison, but when Breeze has a healthy Michael Thomas, he is anything but washed. Now, I think this is it for him. I think this is his last year, but he's got a hell of a lot more in the tank than Peyton Manning did. And I admitted that last week, but it was probably even a little more than I gave them credit for. The way he threw the ball in the second half, if I was a Saints fan, I was like, I'll, not, not that Saints fans were unconfident, but I would feel a lot better after watching that. I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just, uh, uh, big-time players show up in, in big-time games. So, um, I mean, I, I think this is Breeze's not necessarily last shot, but, I mean, this is a good opportunity for uh, for him to go out uh, in a, either in a Super Bowl game or a Super Bowl uh, champion. So, uh, I think, uh, I mean, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, and I'm not going to say that the Saints uh, can't do it, but, I, I mean, I think they're in a good spot, and, uh, who knows uh, with that um, with that Los Angeles defense against uh, Aaron Rodgers? If anybody can stop Aaron Rodgers, I would think it would be that Los Angeles defense. So it might set up for them. Who knows? But that's why they play the game for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think this is setting up perfectly for the Packers, and I would put the Saints as one B in terms of a path to the Super Bowl. And the way it really just becomes a cakewalk for the. Packers if, if Brady upsets the Saints this weekend because all due respect to Brady I don't think that team goes into Lambeau and plays a clean enough game to win but I like where the Saints are at they're not in a bad spot so that was a boring game but you did what you had to do I know there's a lot of Saints fans that listen to the show I thought it was very very passable grade 
and then the last game of the weekend, I know I said the Seahawks were the most disappointing team, but I still stand by that because you kind of could feel this coming a little bit, or you're not shocked by it, by the how dysfunctional the Steelers have been really just for the last four years. But what the hell happened? Yeah, I mean, it just is what it is, man. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's so weird as a team goes out through the – whole year and uh comes to the playoffs and this lays a big egg it's just it's kind of weird man it just uh that's that's how that's how sports go sometimes so uh you can be so confident in a team going into a game and all of a sudden it, you know something like that happens but man it's just that's how sports goes these days i didn't under and the way that game started you know if you accidentally you know went up to the store to grab some food or a beer or something it was seven nothing before you could turn your television on the first play from scrimmage, the guy snaps it over his head. Why did Ben not kick that out of the back of the end zone? It's a safety. It's annoying and it sucks. But like, they just pretty much were like, "Here, please recover this. Go up seven nothing." Like th- that was bizarre. Yeah, and then you know you you get back uh, to the house if you went and bought a pizza and thinking that you it's going to be a still seven nothing a game. It's a turnaround and it's twenty eight to nothing. So, man. Uh, I just kind of felt like uh, whenever the Steelers lost that first game to Washington, you know, they kind of were like, you, you kind of kind of got out. You're like, man, I don't think this team is really that good, you know. So, um, you know, total meltdown. And uh, it was kind of funny to see, I mean, to see Ben, you know, sitting on the bench, you know, like uh, comparing it to the Pablo Escobar where he was on the bench, like, you know. Uh, man, it just is what it is, man. Uh, just, uh, I, I think the Browns just came out and stunned them and, uh, held on. And, uh, you know, the Browns are sneaky good, man. I mean, they're playing really good football right now. So can't take anything away from the Browns though. I agree. I mean, then that not only does that happen, you have the whole, uh, you have the pick on the next drive. And then once it got to 21, nothing, you're like, this game, I mean, it was 14 to nothing. And the Browns live line was like minus six. Like you're like, Oh, this game's, this game's over and we're seven minutes in i don't understand the steelers they're just a very dysfunctional organization like you know you had you saw chase claypool and juju smith schuster still talking about how the browns are going to get beat next week it's like they just kicked your ass on national television in your building like i would probably just stop talking there's sometimes you should just shut up in life i'd probably bite my tongue I, that was that was bizarre I, I agree oh you mentioned after that washington game you knew they were a little fraudulent but Man, the other team didn't practice all week. They were missing their best guard. They were missing two defenders and their head coach that caused their plays. And you couldn't even put up a fight. Like that's if that's Big Ben's last chapter, and I know he kind of threatens retirement every year, but that's a that's an awful way to go out if that's it for him. That may bring him back next year, but they got to do something differently. That was that was terrible. I was shocked by that. I didn't it wouldn't have stunned me if the Browns had won, but the way that game was over within nine minutes was was baffling. Yeah, I mean, and like you were saying, uh, if Breeze makes the play, you know, the Super Bowl in here, that's you know, kind of like a, hey, I might want to, you know, put it out. But I mean, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, you're like, surely, my last game is not me sitting on the bench, you know, crying, losing, losing to the Cleveland Browns, uh, who hadn't made the playoffs in a hot minute. So, uh, you know, I, you know, to you know, let Juju stop dancing on the logo. I mean, you like. There's just too much. I mean, like, uh, I, I never thought that, uh, oh, God, what, uh, who's the coach? I never thought that he would be the guy that would would, would put up with stuff like that, you know? Oh, like, Tomlin. Yeah, I would never. I mean, he just seems like a very straightforward, hardcore guy. And, uh, 
you know, uh, you just, I mean, that comes back to the coaching. You got to, you know, take control of that and be like, you know, we're, you know, professionals and, you know, doing TikTok videos on the, on people's, uh, logo. is not something that we, you know, we, we don't need to be putting in people's, uh, other locker rooms. That wrapped up wildcard weekend. We now have got really four awesome matchups that we're about to get into in the second half of this pod that I'm really jacked about. Even just the more and more I look at these games, I think every one of these is going to be awesome in their own way. And like, I mean, the games last weekend, like in terms of like drama, were not even very good, but it was still entertaining as hell. I don't have a lot of thoughts on the national title game. You and I just kind of took a flyer on Ohio State because it was like, uh, they're pretty good. They're getting nine points. I think we all just estimated how absurdly good Alabama is. I mean, Ohio State had a pretty good defense and they literally could not stop them. If Bama had been going at full capacity every single, like if that game had not gotten the way it was, I think Alabama could have scored a touchdown every single time they touched the ball. Hell, they almost did. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty awkward, but, uh, you know, it's just Alabama's on another level and it just is what it is. But, um, you know, uh, with that being said, I mean, they, uh, they could have, um, you know, taking advantage of this weird season and act, added a couple, uh, you know, ex, extra teams to the playoff and, you know, and just eventually get those extra games that, you know, could be competitive, could be interesting to watch. But uh, in the end, you know, Alabama, uh, I don't even think uh, uh, I don't think Ohio State would would beat them on their bet on their best day. They were, yeah, I agree. They were just a lot better than everyone else. I just don't agree with the argument. You know, you I see all these snarky sports writers who they claim they don't hate the sport they cover, but man, they really do a terrible job of convincing you. Um, otherwise, you know, that's always when these games are blowouts, it's like, Oh, you want more of this? You want to expand this? It was like your product sucks as is. Why not just try to add some intrigue to it? Just slightly. How about just a little bit? I mean, how could the three, six game, if you added eight teams or the four or five be any worse than the four game or the three games your product put on this year, it couldn't be any worse. It would have to be better. So I don't understand the argument of you really want to expand it from this. Like that just, that makes no sense to me. Hell yeah. Expand it. Give everyone else a shot. It can't get worse. So why not try something different? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we, um, I mean, we both took, uh, um, Cincinnati money line and they took Georgia to the brink and, uh, it was a good game, and uh, I think Cincinnati was deserving, you know, uh, not to be put them in the top four, but they were top eight, and they played a good game against, a, you know, a decent Georgia game team. And I just think that, you know, uh, the um, the uh, Cincinnati-Texas A&M uh, game might have been a little bit different, but, you know, it's just you got to take advantage of the situation. You know, it's a weird year, and uh, throw it out there. If it doesn't work, it falls on its face, then say – you know, uh, we, we won't do that again. Exactly. Just give more teams a shot at the table. I mean that you're pro like I said, your product's not getting any worse. If your fear is more blowout playoff games, then I, I don't really know. I don't understand that logic. Like it, it's, it's not getting any worse. It's the same four teams every year. You know, I'm not a big ratings guy. I always laugh when people are like, Oh, this thing drew so, so people it's like, does it doesn't really matter in the end. But that number, uh, even with guys that study that stuff for a living and are like assigned to cover that, like that was a terrible ratings number. And I think it's reflective of the last decade of college football where it's the same teams every year, the same teams get the same recruits. You know, it's not intended to be a business, but who are we kidding at this point? And it, it's not a very good product for the, that the business is putting out. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you're, like I was saying, you couldn't have taken advantage of uh, two extra games and uh, you know, just realize, yes, Alabama is going to be the best team, but you never know. You might get two, you know, uh, really competitive games that 
might bring in somebody, uh, might bring it, bring in a couple, uh, audiences that, you know, that you're not normally used to, but you know, they've, they've got it set up. They just want Oklahoma, Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, you know, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they can with Notre Dame. Uh, I, I just can't see Notre Dame ever getting in the top four, regardless of, uh, the schedule they play, they need to get conference affiliated if they're uh, going to do that and they have to run the table. So, uh, yeah, uh, RIP to, to Notre Dame's chances ever being in the BCS Bowl. Agreed. And so that kind of wraps everything up from last week. We'll get into these games here in a second. I'm really pumped about about it. These these are going to be awesome. But let's take a break real quick. What's happening at the store? I, uh, I did the filet burgers you so kindly gifted me along with the credit card you mailed me that I may or may not have left on New Year's. We won't go into that. Um, but I did the filet burgers last night. They were absolutely fantastic. We've got two more to go. Probably cooking those bad boys up on Sunday for the Saints game, to be completely honest. Fantastic. What's happening at the store right now? Uh, you know, it's kind of a slow uh, time in Oxford right now. The, uh, the the first two weeks in January, as always, uh uh, the uh, winter session and everybody goes on vacation before they have to come back to school, which man, I, I don't know what college uh, consists of. I think you have to uh, think the new thing is you have to 30 uh, a panoramic view, uh, uh, you know, like log in and sh- yeah, it's uh, pretty weird. I have a, a college student that works for me and he was telling me what, what all he has to do to, uh, to take a test. Like you have to, uh, you can't look up or anything like that. Like there's somebody watching you on a Zoom call. So, uh, yeah, it's weird times right now. But uh, but no, the store's fine. Uh, we got some fresh salmon. I got some fresh scallops. We got some uh, uh, some Mississippi Gulf oysters. Uh, we're going to be running some Lane Train special as always. And uh, Zach made plenty of sausage. And uh, we actually made a. Um, Summer sausage with uh, high temperature pe- pepper jack cheese, so it actually stays solid. So you know, um, uh, so it's it's really good. Um, but yeah, man, always uh, always the good stuff up at LBs right now. So uh, we're stocked up, ready to go, and just uh, ready for baseball season. Honestly, the way the the Rebs kind of folded up in the basketball uh, uh, against Florida, uh, ready for some baseball, but. Who knows what baseball season is going to be like with uh, with the whole COVID protocols? No kidding. I hope it's as normal as possible. I hope you start getting some fans in there. You know, it's I'm shocker. I mean, I'm just guessing here, but it may be a little bit easier to socially distance in baseball games because of all the outfield space. And unless it's a gigantic weekend, the the grandstands are never completely full anyway, and you can still get you know seven eight thousand people in there. I'm not saying that's going to happen this year. I seriously doubt that. I'm just pointing out that it's usually pretty spread out as is, unless it's a massive weekend. But yeah, I agree. That Ole Miss basketball was uh, rough. That team is nine game or eleven games in and still has absolutely no idea where it's going when it absolutely has to have a basket in the last couple of minutes. But uh, that's a podcast for another day. Check him <laughs> yeah. out. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. You'll be glad you did. I ate LB's last night. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, it makes me wish I were back in Mississippi. Let's check out the LB's board. We've got four of these bad boys, and they're going to be awesome. You've got a game at 3.30 on Saturday, another one at 7.15, then a 2.05 and a 5.40. This is probably the greatest football of the year. You've got four of them. It's going to be awesome. Um, I'm excited. First one off the bat. Rams Packers 
Green Bay is favored minus six and a half. I, uh, you know, last year when the Packers made this playoff run, they get all the way to the AFC or NFC title game. It, as unfair as it was, we were kind of just saying like, these guys are kind of frauds. Like they're not that good. San Francisco smashed them at home to kind of coast to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's the case this year. Rodgers is going to win the MVP. He's absolutely dealing and that defense is really good. Um, I'm very high on the Packers. But uh, with that said, where are you going to go in this game? Because it is a decent amount of points, and that Rams defense is feisty. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was all in on Seattle last night, last week, and, uh, you know, that Rams defense uh, is pretty legit. And, um, you know, regardless of how bad that offense is uh, with the Rams and, you know, as high as – not Heineke, is that other guy, is he – going to be playing Wolford's out again it's going to be an injured Jared Goff with a busted thumb in cold weather Whew, man that sounds like a uh, that sounds like a Green Bay uh, 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 bet to me so I, I like I mean I'm not going to take anything away from the Rams defense they're good if there's anybody that can stop Aaron Rodgers right now it might be an Aaron Donald defense and you know there's some other good uh, players on that defense so um, man I'm just going to I'm just going to take the Packers here. I'm just going to just, you know, be smart and just take the better team and the better quarterback. I'm going to go the opposite and I'm probably going to look like an idiot because I'll give you a trend here. The last 10 wildcard games. So the four games last year and the six games this year, underdogs were eight and two. The only two favorites to cover were the new Orleans saints this past year, obviously. And who was the other favorite that covered this weekend? Um, Shoot, who covered? New, new, oh, new, new Orleans, uh, uh, Baltimore. Yeah, Packers covered for sure. Yeah, so, uh, so Baltimore covers the, but it tends to go the opposite way on divisional weekend. Uh, Favorites, I think, were four and oh, maybe three and one last year on divisional weekend. So file that nugget away, whatever you make of that. I'm actually going to buy this to seven. And I'll go with the Rams. And I'll tell you why. I think Roger, I think, uh, Green Bay wins this game. I think they win a close one. But if you're giving me a touchdown and you're giving me that Rams defense, they're 100% going to get pressure on Rodgers. And what every other team in the NFL does not have is a Jalen Ramsey where he just got, I mean, as much as he talks and as unlikable as he can be sometimes, he's the one corner in the NFL where you can throw him on the other team's best receiver. And that guy's basically just probably not going to be a factor. I mean, what he did to Metcalf for a lot of that game last week was impressive. Ole Miss fans know it better than anyone. Like, I mean, Metcalf's a freak. And Ramsey was up to the task. And so if you're taking away Devontae Adams, you know, I think the the Packers have more weapons. I think they'll still be able to score. But between that and the pressure, if you're giving me a touchdown, I'll take it. Now, the key to this game is the Rams staying on schedule, which is a cliche TV term. But, like, if they can't run the ball which against that Packers defense – and Goff's having to throw with that bum thumb in freezing cold weather. It's a dumb bet, but I'm going to take the points here. I think this is going to be a closer game than maybe Vegas is thinking. So I'm going to buy that to seven and go with the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I mean, I don't dislike it. I'm just saying uh, it can easily happen. Green Bay gets up 14 to nothing, and then, uh, you know, Green Bay, I mean, uh, Los Angeles finally gets in the game and gets, you know, gets within seven. Uh, That's what you're kind of hoping for, I think. Right. And uh, to be completely honest, the most likely result is what you're talking about, where it's like, I don't know, 14, 10, 
towards halftime and you're like, hell yeah, the Rams are right. They're in the, in this Rogers puts together a ridiculous drive and then like doubles them up after halftime. And all of a sudden at 28, 10, and you're like, okay, why did I do this? The Packers offense is unstoppable. It's probably how this game ends up going, but I'll, I'll fight with the Rams. I was impressed with what they did last week and they've kind of got a little F you attitude to them. Um, with that defense and the defense plays in the playoffs. I think the Packers win the game, but if you're going to give me a touchdown, I will take the Los Angeles Rams. They have to be able to run the ball though. I will, uh, I will con- add that contingent. Just absolutely have to. They're toast if they're relying on golf. He's, he's a lame yeah. duck. I mean, it's almost kind of like an Indianapolis Buffalo situation la- uh, last week. You're exactly right. That's the, if, if the Rams are going to cover, that's exactly the way the game would have to go. Because like the Bills, we talked about it all year on this podcast. What teams did we trust to cover more touchdown spreads? The the Chiefs, the Packers, and at the end, the Bills. We should have given them more credit. You're exactly right there. So that game has to follow a similar script for the Rams to cover. I'll bank on it. Why not? Yours is the smarter play, but I'll take a flyer on the Los Angeles Rams. The next one might be my favorite matchup of the weekend. I don't know. Brady Breeze, it's hard, hard to top that. I'm probably just just uh, rubbing Saints fans the wrong way saying that. But the Buffalo Bills with the chance to make their first AFC title game, I think, since the whole four Super Bowls or four falls of Buffalo, whatever that painstaking documentary was called, they're only minus two and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. What does Vegas know that we don't? The Baltimore money line is plus 120. What What's going on here? Well, I mean uh... – Man, I, I like Buffalo a lot here, and I'm, I'm love it. Gonna get, I'm probably going to get burned, but um, you know, I, I think that defense can hold Lamar Jackson in check. Uh, I think the Buffalo offense is, you know, playing pretty good ball right now, and just for some reason, it just it, it's going to. It looks like a Buffalo and uh, in Kansas City matchup. Not trying to take any away from uh, who who's uh, whoever Kansas City's playing, but. Um, I, I like Buffalo here. I, I think that they're they're the better team, and uh, I know Lamar Jackson got his first playoff win, but that doesn't mean he's going to start rolling off, you know, Joe Montana numbers. So, uh, with that being said, uh, I, I, I like Buffalo a lot here. Agree, could not agree more. This is probably that. This is not probably. This is by far my most confident game of the weekend. Like that, I, I love this. I don't really under understand this line and i know baltimore's been hot i know baltimore won what like six in a row in the year i'm about to count it up yeah six in a row counting yeah six in a row to end the regular season but look at the teams cowboys browns where it was a shootout browns got close to winning jags giants Bengals, all terrible defenses except for the browns i don't really buy this i think lamar's gonna get bottled up i think he took advantage of a bad titans defense I uh, I don't see this at all. I, I love the Bills. I am shocked that this line is where it is. It's probably a trap, but take my money. I would I would hammer the Bills. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I, I can't agree with you any more more than that. I mean, it's just uh, it, it seems like the better team's going to win, and uh, I, I just don't see uh, Baltimore going into Buffalo and uh, and getting a win out there. Yeah, I mean, the, the and I don't really get the argument for the Ravens because even if they're able to keep pace and score with them, Buffalo can do that exact same thing. Like, if it's a shootout, I'm taking Buffalo. If it's a low-scoring game, I'm probably taking Buffalo. I just – I don't understand this one. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm not giving the Ravens enough respect, but I would even throw the Titans in there. The Titans were an okay team. They weren't great. Those six, seven wins in a row are against decent def- – bad defenses. Titans definitely a bad defense. So – 
I don't get this one. That will be my perennial lock of the weekend. Um, that, I love Buffalo in that spot. That's a surprising line. Then we get yeah, I mean, to even if Sunday. Goal, even if a field goal, you know, wins that game, you still get a cover with it. You know, it would be in two and a half. And I'm not a genius or anything, but that's got to go the other way before kickoff, right? Like this is one of those. As soon as you listen to this, hop on that now, right? I mean, that's not going to two. No, it's not for sure. It shouldn't. There's just no. Yeah, I I agree. So I don't know. Fascinating matchup. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Vegas obviously uh, begs to differ. Then we get to the Sunday games where Saints fans are going to have all kinds of nerves all day having to wait to be the last game of the weekend. But uh, be that as it may, before that, we get a little appetizer with Chiefs Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. This feels like a sucker play, but I'm going to be all over it. The Kansas City Chiefs are minus 10 against the Cleveland Browns, who I think get that guard back and I definitely get Stefanski back. Um, Do you think the Chiefs are 10 points better than the Browns? I mean, the uh, I'm not going to say the Browns aren't a fluke because I mean it, it takes a decent team to go into Pittsburgh Pittsburgh to, to win like they did. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and the first team players hadn't played in two 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 plus weeks because they took that last week regular season off, right? Yes, they did, and that's an argument for the Chiefs. Is like, okay, they're going to come back and they're going to turn this on, and it's going to be a rout, but. There's also the rust factor and Cleveland runs the ball and they have a top six defense. And when you don't have an elite quarterback, that's exactly what you have to have to make a playoff run. And Mark Sanchez went to two AFC title games with that exact formula. And I like Baker Mayfield a hell of a lot more than Mark Sanchez. Um, I don't care if this is a sucker play. I'll take the Browns plus 10. I think this game is close. I think the Browns can not only score, but they can control the clock as well, running that. They're the best running game in the league by far with Hunt and Chubb. Um, and I think they take it right at him. I, uh, I'm going to leave one here. I, I don't really care. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. I mean, you know, uh, it's not like – it's not like uh, – um, Cleveland's a bad football team, you know. Like you said, they were up twenty-eight to nothing on Pittsburgh and actually, you know, pretty much cruised uh, throughout the whole game. So I think they're, you know, um, they're in a better situation than Kansas City. I, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, two weeks off from uh, NFL uh, game speed uh, will affect uh, play that much, but uh, it will for me when, especially, I'm getting ten and a half also. Yeah, I mean, I, I could not agree more. I just, I'm, I'm shocked by this, and this feels like very much a teaser basket. Maybe you throw the Saints plus four, Cleveland plus 17. That that feels like a winner, winner to me, without a doubt. I just, I mean, like I said, I'm more than willing to accept that it's a sucker line and it makes no sense, but like, just, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't think they're 10 points better. And I don't, it's a great, particularly since they haven't, I mean, the Chiefs haven't really been locked in, locked in in almost a month. They haven't had to be. And they've cruise controlled their way to this. I think there's going to be a little bit of a rust factor. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think Cleveland wins the game, but give me the ten. I uh, I'm fascinated to see this matchup. That's going to be a uh, that's going to be good stuff. But that takes us to our last game of this weekend. Last game before we get last game last day of multiple football games for uh, quite a while. Unfortunately, don't put a damper on it, but been quite the ride. We end with the New Orleans Saints minus three at home in the Dome, 3,000 fans against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tampa's been hot. It's tough to beat a team three times. I feel like most of the public's going to go on Tampa. Maybe I'm wrong. 
money lines plus 140. I think I know where you're going on this, and I'm probably going to go with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just uh, it seems like, uh, you know, it's the Saints year, and uh, they need to pull the trigger on it. So, um, I, I, I like the Saints here. I mean, I know it's hard to uh, to beat uh, a team three times in the, in the same year, but if uh, anybody can do it. I, I thought it was funny. Uh, did you see the History Channel where they, like, they folded out Brady and uh, Breeze? It's like. Uh, I don't know if you saw that picture uh, on the Twitter, but it was pretty. Yeah, hard. the history <laughs> that is good stuff. As unoriginal as the internet can be, sometimes <laughs> that uh, that was pretty funny. But you know, this is you talk about the all-time quarterbacks and this this older generation of quarterbacks that are kind of fading towards retirement. Eli, Ben, Brady, Rivers, that whole you know, you know a couple of them in that famous two thousand whatever draft that was two thousand four. This was the one matchup we were kind of always robbed of. I feel like there were a couple of occasions where the Saints really could have gotten through the NFC and gotten to the Super Bowl to face Brady, and we just never got it. And I would, you know, if you've grown up watching these guys play football, I mean, I don't really get sentimental about stuff, but I would savor this. Like, you're you're getting Brady and Breeze, which presumably has to be for the last time. I just don't see how Breeze comes back. Brady doesn't look like he's retiring anytime soon on the latter end, but this is an awesome kind of nostalgia matchup. If you were a nineties, two thousands kid, like you didn't get this a lot and now you're getting them in the playoffs as, as weird as the uniforms may look and particularly on one side, this is going to be awesome. I'm glad this caps the weekend. This is going to be great. Now saints fans are not going to be able to like control their food and have their stomach and nods. I get that, but it's still going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, like I said, um, I mean, this is what, what, what you wanted, uh, Two years ago, whenever uh, the the uh, Rams kind of got a decent little uh, call uh, uh, t- towards the end of the game to uh, to win, you know, go to the Super Bowl to play that uh, New England Tom Brady team. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But a uh, little, little late on that. But yeah, I think it's just going to be a, a solid game, and uh, you know, it's uh, two quarterbacks you want to see fe- playing each other in a playoff game. So. I just think New Orleans is just too good on the defensive side, and uh, I just think it'll be an easy win for them, honestly. That last sentence you said is exactly why I'm taking the Saints, too. I just, as hot as the Bucks have been, I get they're healthy. You know, Brady, Brady to his credit, looks really good. I mean, we talk about the age. We talk about that. He's slinging the ball. He's kind of got more. You know, there were weird times this year with Brady where he was just so far off for, uh, with his receivers in terms of rapport, and you just never saw that in New England. It kind of made you wonder if this was actually going to work. They're playing really good, but the Saints are so good defensively. And when it comes down to it, the Bucks, as good talented as they are, just kind of do dumb stuff. And the Saints don't do dumb stuff. And so I will take the Saints minus three at home, and you're going to get a Breeze Rogers NFC Championship game, which is going to be tasty. And honestly, if New Orleans gets through this round, I will become kind of a bandwagon Saints fan. When you get that close to the finish line, I think Breeze deserves a second ring. He's been unreal for that city. I'm not saying anything anyone doesn't know, but it just feels like the Breeze-Payton combination should have two Super Bowls. And so particularly if they get through this round, obviously I'm rooting for them this weekend after uh, throwing the whole car, uh, called hard cash on it. But I will really get behind it. I'll get behind the storyline if they make it through this weekend. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a good story, and, you know, uh, just it is what it is. But, uh, you know, like I said, that Saints defense is, is going to actually going to be the one that's going to carry them, I think. Absolutely. Well, that wraps it up. That's probably 
probably the last full podcast we'll have for this football season. We're obviously going to stick around to the Super Bowl. We're not quitters, but it's going to be hard to make an hour podcast to entertain you on a Friday with two games and then ultimately one game. We're uh, still got some things in the works. I know if you probably noticed the last couple of weeks, I've been down to one podcast. We're just kind of transitioning from football season and kind of figuring out uh, content wise what the next thing we want to do and what's the best way to go about it. So more podcasts coming uh, in the coming weeks, more uh, Greg the Meat Sharp, obviously. We just don't know quite what it looks like. So bear with us. We'll be back for the AFC Championship games next week. But just a programming note, wanted anyone who's made it to the end of this podcast. Um, we'll go back to two, three podcasts a week. Um, here in the next coming weeks. I just don't know what it looks like yet, but can you believe we made it through? I know it's not the end, the end, but in terms of like, you know, a betting slate, it kind of is the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like you were saying, uh, we started out the podcast, you know, hoping to get some games and, you know, we got a full NFL season and got some extra playoff games in the NFL. And uh, on top of it, we had a, a decent college football season. Uh, so, um, you know, <laughs> Uh, if, uh, if you were smart and educated and you just, uh, took Alabama every week, uh, you would probably be, uh, uh, collect, collecting your money and, uh, uh, you don't have to worry about, uh, making up some money here in the, uh, AFC and NFC championship game in the Super Bowl. So, uh, it is what it is, but you know, it's, uh, it got, got to love the sports and that's what keeps you coming back. That's a great point. If I ever get really bored, dude, I am going to go back and kind of look at some college football trends and like the fun ones like that. Like what happened if you bet on Bama this year? They didn't cover against Ole Miss. They may have covered against everyone else. I'm sure with those huge spreads, there was something amiss and they obviously yeah, didn't I, cover I, every other game. But I, I think I had a, I mean, I'll, I'll figure I'll, I'll ask him, but I think he had, I, he went, he bet Alabama first half and Alabama uh, team total over on every game. Oh, you had, you know, a guy, I missed that part. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's what he told me he was betting, you know, he was, just, you know, cause you know, it's so hard not to look at the whole sheet and be like, you know, you find a game, like, I don't know, like Tulane versus SMU. You, you have no business bet, betting on that game. You know, like you have no you know clue about either or the team, you know, you just, uh, so it's just, you know, you gotta, you got, um, the best way to win, and gambling and uh, doing that is, you know, stick to your stick to your core. You know, if you uh, ride Alabama out until they until they don't, you know, until they don't do it for you anymore. And uh, I think if you'd have did that all year, uh, you'd have, you'd have come out with uh, some definitely money in your pocket for sure. Maybe we'll. Uh, th- I like that idea. We might have to get that guy on. We'll have like a a season wrap up trends podcast. Maybe if you're listening <laughs> out there and you're still to the end of this. Maybe send the worst beats or favorite wins. I don't know. Just send us whatever the hell stuck out for this season. But uh, great, great advice to end on. Dude, this was fun. We're obviously going to do this next year. If uh, if uh, we have a football season, I'm halfway joking. But uh, <laughs> this was great, dude. This is going to be awesome. We still got picks, like I said. But uh, probably last hour-long podcast on football for a while. I feel exhausted, but satisfied. Oh yeah, I mean you know it's all it's always good, uh, good, and uh, you never know we might ha- we might do uh, turn it into like a uh, cooking a particular meat like five minutes segment five to ten minute segment on uh, on how to uh, properly cook your meat. I definitely need those lessons, and that's <laughs> probably a great note to end on. I appreciate everyone listening this year. It was a lot of fun. Always always enjoyed the feedback both good and bad. Hopefully we made you some money, whether you faded us or you rode with us. I don't really know, 
But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We've got more content coming in the future, just still trying to iron out some details on what that looks like. Check him out, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Savor these final minutes of football and do it with some delicious smoked meats. Go check him out. Best place in Mississippi to get meat. This is fun, dude. We'll be back next week. As always, for sure. Everybody have a safe and happy weekend. Uh, Thoughts and prayers to all you Saints fans. And we will catch you in some capacity next week for the championship games. Everybody have a good weekend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.